0: roto grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports Let's go! the morning grind stevie tpfl and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's dfs slate Let's go! without further ado here's your host Stephen young Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It is Friday, it's August 16th, 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm riding solo today. Um, Grant and I were trying to record this already for the last 30 minutes, and with my internet being so crap, I'm hoping that I can even upload this. So I'm recording solo, and... Um, Bear with me, bad internet, and hopefully we'll be able to get through it. And this is helpful, as always. Appreciate everybody listening each and every day. And um, you know, when you're traveling, you never know what you're gonna get, and it's one of those days where you wish you had better internet. Like I don't even have good cell service to connect to my hotspot. So just one of those days. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Sign up through our Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. And, um, yeah, if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. So they got a bunch of stuff going on. Obviously, they got their big million-dollar NFL kickoff tournament. Uh, you can see the break-free memberships that they have over there on the sites. And, um, you know, rolling out, still rolling out good MLB contest as well. They did their free roll for preseason NFL. I did not cash in that. My NFL preseason team was not good um, on this slate. So ready to move on. This baseball slate on Thursday actually went pretty well, even with a negative from my pitcher. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to roll with it. And we're going to move on to this slate where we get started with the Cubs and the Pirates, nine total. Hendricks against Musgrove. Hendricks, a 128 favorite here. Hendricks. You know, he's a guy that has some reverse splits when it comes to strikeouts. Grant was talking about it before we continued to get cut off. And, you know, this is a guy that he liked. And he liked him because he has a much higher strikeout rate against lefties. So I think this is a spot that you can look at Hendricks um, to be a little different if they roll out this left handed heavy lineup. And, you know, Marte, Newman, Diaz, probably the righties that are in there. Outside of Marte, you're not too concerned there. Not a heavy strikeout team, but he definitely has some upside here. So definitely don't mind Hendricks. Uh, Joe Musgrove, he's really struggled with lefties. If they roll out four or five lefties here, I think this is a spot you can stay away from Musgrove. You know, even when his numbers against righties, he has a higher strikeout rate. And, you know, the Cubs can strike out. So I don't hate Musgrove, but I would like him a lot more if they didn't have these left-handed bats in there. So I'm going to pass on Musgrove here on the slate. As far as the Cubbies go, um, you know, I don't mind the lefties here. You know, the problem with the lefties are you're not really getting too much of a discount. Like, Rizzo and Schwarber are both 4500 That's not bad. Hap's 42 He's not, like, in that value range yet. Um, so there's just not really those cheap bats that, like, you, you like here. And, like, even on the Pittsburgh side of things, you like Marte because Hendrick is a little reverse splits. Um but his price is not down. Like I think, if I was playing anybody, it'd be Bell and just hoping for that that two home run game. He's 5K. He's not 5500 or anything like that. So he has two home run upside on any slate. So I, I don't mind Josh Bell at 5K. He's been hitting the ball really well recently after struggling a little bit. Um, so I, I think that he's certainly somebody you could potentially look at in tournaments. So kind of summing up, you know, Rizzo, Schwarber, they're fine. Bell for the upside on the other side. Uh, Both of these pitchers are definitely not in the worst spots in the world. Um, Musgrove being 6,200, you know, definitely appeals a little bit more. He's going to be one of those guys you're going to really have to look at the lineup and see what the lineup looks like uh, before you make that decision. Brewers and Nationals, nine total. Hauser against Patrick Corbin. Corbin is a 154 favorite here. Um, You know, starting with Hauser, he's a guy here, 6,600, facing Washington, went out and had a monster game uh, against Texas last time out, and the strikeouts have been slowly but surely increasing for him. So when you're looking at the spot, on paper it might not be the prettiest spot in the world. Um, Honestly, I don't hate it too much here, he really struggles with lefties, and Depending on what lineup, like if Adams and Soto and Eaton and Cabrera in the lineup, like it certainly hurts his upside a little bit, but he still can strike lefties out. He still has a 24, 25.4% strikeout rate against lefties. So you look at it, and you know, Adams 34.5%, Cabrera 25%, even Soto 21%. So there's strikeouts in this lineup. Um, I don't hate Hauser here. I think he's certainly somebody we could potentially look at in this six. six $1,000 price range um, Corbin you know Corbin's a guy he's 10-6, you know, we, we have plenty of pitching to pay up for on the slate You know, we're gonna talk about the guy that's right above him Luis Castillo when we get to that game 10-8 instead of 10-6, um, you know, even Noah Syndergaard against Kansas City in Kansas City at 10-1 So there's definitely some better options um, in this price range you know, outside of Hera, maybe Pena if he's in the lineup. This team just doesn't strike out against left-handed pitching. They have really good power numbers. They have good on-base numbers. Um, you know, they, they don't strike out. They don't, they walk. Um, so Corbin would be a guy that you'd just be playing the ownership game on. He's likely going to be really low owned here. So if you want to play the ownership game on him, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Um, but I, I do like options in this range better. As far as far as the Milwaukee bats go here, you know Yelich is 5600 against Corbin. I'm, I'm not going to pay that price for him, even though he might get a couple at bats against righties later on. But the rest of these guys are pretty cheap. You know Ryan Braun's 3800, Grandall's 3700, um, Kane's even 3400 if he bats leadoff. Um, Herrera's 4300. So I don't mind maybe taking a one off here. Uh, they should be low owned against Corbin. And, you know, even if you look at Corbin's numbers, he still gives up a lot of hard contact. So um, I don't mind maybe taking a one-off or two uh, for the Brewers just because outside of Yelich, um, they're pretty cheap on this slate. As far as Washington goes, it'd be the lefties. Soto's 5100 I think you're going to find better options in that price range. Matt Adams is fine at 4200 um, Eaton 44. He he's a guy that you know you can always kind of count on to score some points. You know he shows upside every once in a while. He's a guy that you can potentially get 15 fantasy points from. Um, 4500 is not the worst price tag in the world. Estrada Cabrera is 3800. We talked about his massive strikeout rate, but he does have numbers against right-handed pitching, so um, I don't mind potentially looking at him. Padres and Phillies nine total. Chris Paddock against vincent velasquez um this is a pick 'em game and i think it's more because padres are on the road here just going into philly this game was in san diego i think paddock would be about a 140 to 160 favorite. um so you know there is that but you know when you're looking at paddock here he has home road massive splits this season um there's some strikeouts at the top of this order: Hoskins, Harper, Ramuto, all over 23% against right-handed pitching. Kingery over 20, 23%. Uh, so there are some strikeouts here. I like playing Paddock more when he's at home than when he's on the road, um, just because like the, the the splits are definitely telling us that there there is a difference. But you're getting kind of a discount on Paddock today. He's 9400. He's been a guy that has definitely approached over 10,000 a bunch this season. So, I I don't hate it, but Paddock's probably not a guy that I end up playing a bunch. Um, You know, I'm probably going to pay up or, you know, start to pay down. And I don't think he's a guy that I, you know, end up on. Um, You know, the other side of this game, Vincent Velasquez, he's a guy that really excels against righties um, in the past. But this season has just been a rough season for Paddock, or not Paddock, um, Vincent Velasquez. 366 Woba to righties, 272 ISO, 320 Woba to lefties, 222, 224 ISO to lefties. The strikeout rate's over 24% to both sides, but it's given up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact to righties this season, so for me, it's going to be a stayaway spot um, for Vincent Velasquez, even with all these righties in there. Padres getting a ballpark upgrade here. I like Machado. I like Renfro. I think those guys are very solid in this spot. I don't really see anybody else standing out to me price-wise. You know. I I like the pri Tatis, you know, being out, you know, certainly hurts this lineup. Um, you know, dealing with that back injury. So maybe Margot, but I I don't know if I want to pay Margot forty two hundred for Margot in this spot. So I think honestly it's just gonna be Machado and Renfro here. Um it is an upgrade to Vince Velasquez with Tatis being banged up. As far as face and paddock. Paddock's good. Like He's he, he's legit. Um, he does give up a ton of hard contact, so you got to look at who gets the hard contact. It's the top three guys. Rock, Hoskins, Harper, Romuto, all over 45% against random pitching and hard contact. So if you want to take shots on any of those guys, I'm not going to hate it. Um, Indians and Yankees, 10.5 total. Um, Aaron Savelle against... Tanaka, Tanaka's a 166 favorite. Um, Indians put it on the Yankees on Thursday. What a, what a performance against that Yankees bullpen game. Um, You know, uh, the Yankees are kind of cold right now, and has actually been pitching really good since he got called up. He has a massive strikeout rate against lefties. It's just, I don't think I'm going to take a shot on him here. I think there's some options in this price range today that I like more than, you know, him having to go into Yankee Stadium and face the Yankees. He's 5,800. He's he's, <laughs> he's pitched three games and he hasn't scored under 19. Like, there's upside at 5,800 if if he's going to be a guy that approaches no ownership. I, I think he's certainly somebody to potentially look at. Um, you know, his ERA is really low and his xFIPs fips definitely suggest that there's some regression coming here. Um, so yeah, like I said, I don't think I'll end up playing him here, um, and I, I don't like Tanaka on the other side of this game, Tanaka's really been struggling with lefties, his, his woven, and his power numbers continue to go up, the strikeout rate continues to drop, and we know Lindor, Santana, Ramirez, Kipnis, um, Nyquen, like, they're gonna roll out enough lefties in this lineup that I think you can stay away from Tanaka in this spot, um, and, and you know, he's not really expensive at 7,300, so... You know, he's a guy you could potentially play to, you know, gain some leverage on the field that, you know, can put up 25 plus fantasy points. And, you know, he's been better at home this season, but I don't think this is a spot I target him. I just, this team just doesn't strike out that often, and they have plenty of power. Cleveland Bats. Just trying to look at pricing really quick here. Lindor's 5K. Santana's 4900 Ramirez is $4,700. Um, I don't mind the $4,700 price tag on Jose Ramirez. I like the price tag on Kipnis at 4 I think that's um, very playable here. Um, it's kind of it. You know, I, I don't mind a stack of Cleveland if you want to stack them against Tanaka. They abused that bullpen on Thursday. So if they start rocking Tanaka, you might get the bad end of that bullpen again. So... Um, as far as the Yankees go, you know Aaron Judge owes me a ton of money. He he just is not hitting whatsoever right now. Torres is forty eight hundred. He's been hitting the ball really well recently. Um, you know Sanchez is forty five hundred. Didi is probably my favorite at forty three hundred. Um, again, Judge owes me money, but you know I, I like Didi the most at forty three hundred. As far as the Yankees go here, I'm not going to go out of my way with the Yankees on this slate, but Forty-three hundred for DD is is certainly certainly in play. Um, Seattle at Toronto. We got Wade LeBlanc against Jacob Wag- Um Wade LeBlanc here facing a Toronto team that you know certainly has some upside. They're probably going to throw an opener out there. Um, hasn't been announced yet, but we kind of have to figure since they do it almost every time that you know it's gonna happen here so um just looking at this spot I, I don't really love this spot for Wade Blanc. Uh, you know Toronto they're full of young you know talented hitters on this lineup so I don't want to go I don't think I want to play LeBlanc here, getting a, a massive ballpark downgrade. Um just just probably gonna pass on him in this spot. Wagu's pack on the other side of this game. You know, obviously, anytime anybody is facing Seattle, I'm super interested. So, um, he's cheap, and I think that speaks volume to potentially playing him here. He's not been pitching great, but he's had some decent games this season. So, if you want to take a shot on him here at 6,900... I'm really not going to talk you off of it. The only thing that I'll say is he's not a guy that typically goes out and gets a bunch of strikeouts. Like, he faced Detroit not too long ago and had seven strikeouts in that game, and that was fine. But he's not typically a guy that goes out and just blows the ball past people. But Seattle adds to that. Seattle's a team that strikes out a bunch. Um, You know, Seattle's going to roll out the lefties. He's had some reverse splits so far in the small sample that we've saw from him so far. So I do think that, you know, I, I think he's in play. As far as the Seattle bats, I don't mind Crawford or Vogelbach here. I honestly I don't hate a stack if you want to go down that route either. Um, you know, Toronto bullpen's not very good, and Seattle's really, really cheap. Uh, I think the highest price hitter on Seattle is Kyle Seeger at 4K. Um, you know, both both sides of this game very cheap. So, um, you know, outside of Bo Bichette, who is 4,800, you can get really you you can load up on pieces in this game, and it's not gonna cost you a ton and you know vlad he's thirty nine hundred um, so yeah, smoke's thirty seven hundred there's plenty of cheap bats in this game you know Crawford at thirty five hundred like plenty of ways that you can attack this game to save some money so it's an interesting two three man um to kind of build your four five man and load up on pitching so definitely looking at that potential. And possibility here for these bats. Cardinals and Reds, Adam Wainwright against Luis Castillo. Castillo is a 150 favorite here. Um, you know, after yesterday watching Walker pitch as well as he did, like, you know, you know, you're a little concerned, but Adam Wainwright 377 woba, 215 iso against lefties this season, high walk rate, the hard hit rate is, you know, the highest it's ever been in his career, 34% hard to soft contact ratio. Love the lefties here. Winker, Votto, Van Meter. Freddie Galvis is in there. Barnhart, if he's in there. So don't really want to play Wainwright. Luis Castillo, I like a lot. You know, you look at this Cardinals team, and there are plenty of strikeouts in this lineup outside of, like, Yaddy and maybe Wong. He's not been striking out too much. But Castillo in a good spot here going up against St. Louis. I I like Luis Castillo a lot. Um, He's a... Nice option if you don't want to pay all the way up for, like, a Verlander. Um, Charlie Morton's probably still my favorite play on this slate, and we'll get to him. But Charlie Morton's going to have a ton of ownership here facing Detroit. Like, he's going to be ultra-chalk, facing one of the worst offenses in baseball. Everybody knows it. And he put up 30, I think almost 33 fantasy points the last time they faced each other. So Morton's going to be the chalk. I think Castillo's a nice pivot. Um... And maybe Verlander gets some ownership because he's Justin Verlander. He's facing Oakland in Oakland. Um, As far as the St. Louis bats go, I don't have any interest in St. Louis here. I'm going to pass on them. Um, The Reds, I kind of already said it. Like, I like the lefties. Van Meter, um, Winker, hopefully both of those guys are back in the lineup. I I don't hate Votto. I don't hate Galvis. Um, You know, Aquino, he just keeps hitting home runs, so... You know, you obviously you can play him. He's expensive, and people don't like to pay up for him at his expensive price tag. So I'm perfectly fine with that. But, like, you're getting Winker at 3800 and you're getting Van Meter at 3700 Like, those guys are just too cheap here today. Um, they make excellent value plays. All right, moving right along. Baltimore at Boston. It's 11 and a half total. It's Aaron Brooks against Rick Porcello. Um, Barnburner in this one. The Boston Red Sox have a 7.32 implied team total on the slate, which is the highest on the slate as I'm recording the podcast. Um, I'm definitely not playing Aaron Brooks today, whatsoever. Um, that's a it's an easy pass for me as far as Porcello goes on the other side. You know, I don't mind pitchers against Baltimore, but as bad as Porcello has been this season, I just Don't really see myself using Porcello here at 7k. I think there's better options Um, I'd rather play wagus back that we just talked about than playing Porcello. So he's just been awful Um, As far as Baltimore bats go, I don't mind maybe looking at like a Mancini Um, VR is kind of interesting here VR is a massive ground ball guy and Porcello has been giving up a lot of fly balls to lefties this season So I don't mind maybe looking at Jonathan VR or a Santander maybe, but this lineup kind of stinks, so I don't really have a ton of interest in playing Baltimore bats here. As far as the Red Sox go, obviously they're going to be a top-owned stack today. Um, you know, you're know, you stacking them as you're stacking cores today. They're just in a really good spot. There's some cheaper pieces here that you can get. Ben Attendee's 47, uh, Mitch Moreland's 45, so there's a few cheap bats that you can kind of look at to kind of plug and play around everything else. So I certainly don't mind looking at some of these cheap bats, but you know, Betts, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers, all very, very much in play here on the slate. Yeah, definitely don't overlook Boston today. They're in a they're in a lock and load type spot, and hopefully they can crush and um, outscore Coors, who is facing Miami. Um, Detroit at Tampa, eight total, Daniel Norris against Charlie Morton. You know, we like left-handed pitching against Tampa. Daniel Norris has shown glimpses this season of pitching okay. I think there's a bunch of options on the slate where I don't have to play Daniel Norris at 6,400. I don't, I don't think I would hate on playing a Daniel Norris, but I just... He splashed upside from time to time. He really... Pitch well against Seattle. I just don't know if he's the guy that's just going to go out and dominate this Tampa team. So for me, it's going to be pretty much a stay away on him. But Charlie Morton projects as the highest raw point projection on the slate for me. He should for a lot of people today. Like, this is an amazing spot for him. He faces a team that really stinks and has a 30.5% K rate on the season. This team has a 22.4%. A lot of it's weighed down by Reyes and Lugo at the top, and they're under 100 at bats. So I think this is a spot you play Morton um, over Verlander because of the price. And, you know, again, I think you can look at Castillo as kind of like a pivot option here to give you another option. Um, As far as bats go here, I really don't like any of the Detroit bats. I don't think I'm going to pick on Charlie Morton. Um, Certainly like Travis Darnot here. He's a guy that, you know, we've been playing against left handed pitching all season and he's been absolutely crushing it. Um you know, you gotta pay up for him now. Outside of that though, um Brasu is not the worst play. He has a lower strikeout rate and he doesn't really walk, so I don't mind pick, playing him against um Daniel Norris. Jesus Aguilar is just he's down in the ruts. I, I don't know what happened from season to season on him, but he's been pretty bad, so I don't think I wanna play him either. Uh, Dodgers and Braves, we got a 10 total here. Kenta Maeda against Sorca. Sorca is a one twenty-two favorite. Kentai Maeda, you know, I, I, he's a guy that has really disappointed this season just in general. And, you know, you kind of expected more from him. Um, the Braves have not been hitting great, and is coming off of a really good game against Arizona. But this is going to be a spot that I pass on Kentai Maeda think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game in general. Um Sorka on the other side of this game, you know, I'm a huge Sorka fan. I talk about him all the time, but my biggest issue with Sorka is he doesn't have a, a dominant left-handed strikeout pitch. Like, he uses a slider and change-up fastball combo, but he just doesn't have that, like, get-out pitch, and, like, that's just going to really hurt him here against this Dodgers team that is just very left-handed heavy in a ballpark that is very left-handed friendly. So, I'm going to pass on him, and I think the Dodgers are a sneaky stack today. Um, I don't think a lot of people will be on the Dodgers because of Sorka being, you know, really good young pitcher. So the Dodgers are a sneaky stack. You know, you're not really getting a ton of um, discounts here when it comes to the Dodgers. You know, you're still paying up for Bellinger. But when you start going down Muncie at 4500 that price tag is super fair. Um... You know, Seager's 4K, Jock's 4K, Beattie's 4K. Um, there's plenty of ways to get exposure here to this team. So I, I like the Dodgers um, quite a bit here. Um, as far as the Braves go, again, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think you can look at free money Freddy, I think you can look at Acuna. I think you can look at Donaldson. I like lefties a lot more against... Um, Maida, so, like, I'm probably going to favor, like, an Albies and Freeman combo, maybe throwing McCann to make it three, and, um, I think they're a good little three-man, like, Maida is still generating a ton of soft contact against righties, so you don't want to load up on the righties here, but I do think they're in play if you're looking at stacking this team. Um, up next, we got Minnesota at Texas, nine and a half total, Oda Rizzi, Mike Miner, them game. This is a weird game for me, um, Like, I don't hate Odorizzi here, but I do think they have too many lefties, and he's just really kind of struggled with lefties. But on the flip side of him struggling with lefties, he just has a big K rate to lefties. My issue is the hard contact and fly balls that he allows to both sides of the plate in Texas. It seems like a stay-away spot for me on Odorizzi. I could see him having a good game here. I really could. But at 9,200, I think he's just a guy that I kind of stay away from here and just hope that he doesn't go out and dominate this game. He's been pitching really well recently, and I want to respect that. And I'm gonna respect him just in general because of his massive strikeout ability. But on the flip side of that, I also want to respect this ballpark and you know him being a flyball, hard contact guy. You know, you gotta kinda of respect this ballpark, in my opinion. Mike Miner, he's been pitching really good this season. The problem is Minnesota's just not a team that strikes out against left-handed pitching. They're around 20%. But a lot of that is because Sano's at 34%. They only have three guys in the projected starting lineup with strikeout rates over 20% against left-handed pitching. And Scope is at 28% and Sano's at 34%. So they weigh that a lot um, as far as an overall average. Honestly, this is a game that I don't really love in general. I hope this is like a 5-4 low-scoring game with, a, with very few home runs, if any. I don't really love anything as far as the pitching goes. Again, I I could see both these guys potentially having good games, um, and I kind of agree with Vegas. I think this is a coin flip game. I don't think that anybody is a lock and load play in this spot. As far as the Minnesota bats go, Garver's interesting. If you can find him on, like, maybe on, like, a FanDuel if he's cheaper over there. Um, Sano is a strikeout or hard contact with a lot of power. CJ Crone is probably my favorite bat from Minnesota here, but you look up and down this lineup; they have, you know, seven seven guys with ISOs over two hundred against left-handed pitching this season. So there's plenty of upside here if you want to try to take a, a low-owned Minnesota stack against minor. Um, as far as Texas goes, you want lefties against O'Rizzi, Chu, Santana, Mazzara, Calhoun, O'Dor. Any of those guys are fine. You know, I don't think I'd play the righties here as ISO numbers continue to be very low against righties, even despite giving up a ton of hard contact. Mets and Royals, Syndergaard against Mike Montgomery, nine and a half total here. Um, You know, Syndergaard's another really good option at the top it's been a hit or miss season for for noah but you know you look at it his vulva is right around 300 his iso is minus one or under 150 has plenty of strikeout ability against righties and this lineup has plenty of righties in it to strike out so Syndergaard's a guy that is an interesting value guy off the off the other guys that are in this price range he's 10-1 when a lot of these guys are, are much higher priced so we know Syndergaard has the ability to go out and dominate games. This game's in Kansas City. It's not the greatest ballpark for hitters. So I, I like Syndergaard here. Mike Montgomery on the other side of this game, he stinks. He's bad against lefties. He's bad against righties. Um, on any other slate, if there wasn't so many bats on the slate, like I would potentially be stacking Mets here. I do like some Mets here. I like Pete Alonzo a lot. He's expensive. J.D. D- Davis is expensive. He's another guy that's really interesting. I'm at Rosario's 4K. He's very much in play. um Even Todd Frazier at 3,900 is in play. And I don't hate Wilson Ramos at catcher. I just wish he was a little cheaper. So, yeah, those are the guys that I'm kind of looking at here. Um, with Alonso definitely being my favorite. But um, I do like Rosario at shortstop position that you can get some upside from him. As far as the Royals' bats go, I really don't have any interest here. Like, you can try to pinpoint where the one home run or two home runs are going to come from. But Syndergaard still has a 1.8% hard-to-soft contact ratio against righties this season. He's just not getting rocked by righties. And the two power bats in this lineup are Dozier and Soler. They're both righties. So just don't see a ton of upside from them in this spot. Moving right along here, going fast through these games. Again, like we messed around so much trying to record earlier. Hopefully this is helpful and... um, We'll be back normal on Monday and apologize now for going so fast, but just giving you guys my thoughts and cruising along here. Marlins and Rockies, 12 total. Sandy Alcantara against John Gray. John Gray's a 2-10 favorite here. Um, I have zero interest in Alcantara. Not going to even attempt to play him. Um, John Gray's 8K against the Marlins in, my, in Colorado. Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to play him, but I'm not going to talk you off of playing John Gray here. You know, he's a guy that has plenty of strikeout ability. So if I'm looking for some upside here, I don't mind going to a guy like Gray. He's really going to be a guy that, like, I'm going to look at and and kind of see what Jamino has him projected at, projected ownership-wise, before I make a full decision on him. But I do think the upside is there. Miami's not a team that is going to hit a ton of home runs if any they you know they're not going to hit a bunch of balls into the gap and stuff like that so I really don't hate Gray here like the strikeout upsides there he has a 25% K rate against righties you know you look up and down this lineup there's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup so don't hate Gray Um, as far as Miami bats go You know, kind of just looking through here. You know, Anderson would be interesting if he wasn't four thousand seven hundred. Cooper is a little interesting at four K, but if Granderson's in there, maybe Granderson. Any of these cheap ats is one-offs just to fill a lineup spot. Um, but again, you know they're cheap for a reason. As far as the as far as the Rockies go here, Alcantara. He, you know, low low strikeout rate to lefties for sure high walk rates you know he just doesn't give up a ton of hard contact but this game's in cores he's gonna he gets a massive ballpark downgrade one of the worst you can get so i like blackman i like murphy um i'm definitely not gonna hate on story or arenado either like the 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 rockies are the side of this game to play they have the second highest implied total on the slate it's no shocker here um you can definitely play the rockies Giants and Diamondbacks, 8.5 total, Jeff Samarja against Mike Leak. Leak a 132 favorite here. Very disappointing game from boy young on Thursday. Like I said, cashing with negative from your pitcher always kind of stinks. Anyway, Jeff Samarja, he's really struggled with lefties this season. He's been decent against righties. Um, anytime you get him out of, out of San Francisco, he's just kind of a downgrade for me, um, especially in a lineup that is probably going to have six lefties. 340 Woba, 237 ISO, 210 average hit distance. Again, once you get him outside of San Francisco, it's really not a spot for Shark, in my opinion. As far as Mike Leak goes, he just doesn't have the case stuff. Like, I don't think he gets blown up here. I don't think that he is the worst option in the world here, but... At 6K, with all these guys around him that have strikeout ability, I just don't see myself using Leak. He puts up some games where you know he just has a dominant game every once in a while, but I just don't think this is one of them. Um, as far as the bats go here for the Giants, I don't mind Dickerson or Belt or Yaz. Um, those would be the three guys that i target. <laughs> My soft spot maybe for Scooter Jeanette. Um, he's $3,200, but I would much rather find the $500 and play up. A- Pay up for a Van Meter, then play Scooter today. Um, as far as the Diamondbacks go, I think any of these lefties are really in play. It's going to be price shopping. Peralta was one of my favorite hitters on Thursday, and he didn't do nothing. I don't mind going back to the well on him at four thousand one hundred. Um, Marte is super expensive, and Escobar is super expensive, but it is it is a really good spot for those guys. If you want to be contrarian, maybe on the late slate or something. Um, Alex Avila, if he's catching three thousand nine hundred. I don't hate him. Um, White Sox and Angels, eight and a half total here. Lucas Giolito against Patrick Sandoval. Sandoval is actually a one thirty favorite here, and I think it's more of just you know facing the White Sox than him facing off against Giolito. You know, you look at Giolito; um, he's eleven K going up against the Angels. He has massive upside against anybody, to be honest. But the the problem with him here is more of just this price tag for a team facing a team that just doesn't strike out very often. So I'm going to pass on Giolito. If it was a different slate where we didn't have a ton of guys, I, I think you could play him. But if this lineup comes out and it's like Stassi, if Dice is in there, if Upton and Kowun are in there, there's some strikeout ability. So if he's going to be 3 to 5% owned, on this slate, and that lineup rolls out there, don't be afraid to take a shot on him in tournaments. We know he has the massive K upside if he can get around, you know, Trout, Otani, and those guys at the top. Sandoval has been really good since being called up against righties. If they roll out a full right-handed heavy lineup here, you know, he has some strikeout ability against righties. He uses that changeup. He's really been throwing just fastballs and changeups, and his changeup has a 53% whiff rate in a very small sample size. So. The other thing that you kind of have to like here is this: this White Sox team is just absolutely terrible against changeups. They're one of the worst teams in baseball against changeups. I don't think anybody in this lineup has a hit distance in my model, anyway, um, over three hundred average hit distance over three hundred against changeups. So this is actually a really decent spot, um, and Sandoval's seven thousand eight hundred, which makes him a little bit more appealing because he's in that price range where I think a lot of people will go down. Um, so I, I like it, you know, you have to worry about him walking people, but they have let him throw over 95 pitches and back-to-back starts. So that's definitely encouraging here. Honestly, I don't like any of the White Sox bats. You know, you're looking at these guys' numbers against change-ups. If he commits to throwing the change-up as much as he has in his first two starts, I think they're really going to struggle here. So I don't really like any of these guys. Um, as far as the Angels bats go, I don't mind maybe taking a one-off shot on like a Trout or Otani, Um, maybe Calhoun. Not going to go crazy here when it comes to the Angels' bats because Giolito is a really good pitcher, and I don't want to go out of my way to target him in this spot either. Like This game has an 8.5 total for a reason. It has one of the lowest totals on the slate. They don't really expect this to be a high-scoring game, and I kind of agree. Houston at Oakland, 9 total. Justin Verlander, Tanner Roark. Verlander's a 198 favorite here. It's a really good spot for Verlander. He has massive K rates to both sides of the plate. It's a ballpark upgrade. Um, you may be a little bit of a downgrade for strikeouts as far as Houston to Oakland, but it's a spot that he should be able to dominate this team. I'm not going to talk anybody off of Verlander. He's one of the best pitchers on the slate. Talent wise, he's definitely the best pitcher on the slate. He's been absolutely dominant this season. Just put up 37 against Oakland not too long ago, uh, put up 31 against them earlier this season. So you're paying, you're paying for him. Um, And that's one of my issues when, you know, Morton's cheaper, Castillo's cheaper. But if you want to pay up for Verlander, it's a guy that you can always pay up for. Tanner Roark has been really good against righties this season. 282 Woba, 119 ISO. This lineup's very right-handed heavy. The problem here is there's just no strikeouts in this lineup. Um, And Tanner Roark, 7,900. Give me... Give me a shot on like a Sandoval at a hundred dollars less than Tanner Rorick today. Um there's gonna be spots down the stretch that we play Rorick, especially when he's pitching at home in Oakland. You got a massive ballpark upgrade in home ballparks from Cincinnati to Oakland, so you know, there's that. Um I really like Jordan Alvarez today. I, I think there's a high probability he hits a bomb here. Um I also like this spot for Brantley who is really cheap like he's 4,300 There's a ton of upside here at this price tag for him So I really like this price tag for him at 4,300 To um, kind of be your late-night hammer um, As far as Oakland goes, I don't want really to go out of my way to play Oakland bats here like he's already dominated This team twice this season. I played Olsen quite a bit like he was one of the reasons that like even with from a negative for my pitcher, I'm still making money so, I, you know, it's just one of those things where I just don't want to play these bats against a, a Justin Verlander. Play the morning grind game. Again, appreciate you guys listening. Sorry, it's solo for a 15-game slate. Really try to do these with other people. But I wanted to give you guys something instead of nothing, so I decided to go ahead and just record a solo podcast. It's going to be way quicker than it usually is. I went through stuff really fast. You don't even have to, like, one, 1.5x one me today because I went through stuff so fast today. Um, as far as my pitcher under 8K to get seven or more strikeouts on this slate um, i'm gonna go man there's two guys that I really like for this this today um i'm gonna go with sandoval but i'm gonna since i'm doing it solo the other guy I was gonna say to give you guys um, kind of a bonus pick today was um I can't Hauser. Hauser was the other guy that I was gonna say. Um because I really like his ability to potentially get six or more strikeouts today. So he was gonna be the other guy that I said, but I'll go with Sandoval. Um over 8k to get under 15, who's my bust today? Um I think there's too many lefties today for Sorka And he's a guy that I I really like. And I just think that he's a guy that I'm going to stay away from on the slate. My homer over 4K. um, Not in course field today. Um, Let's see. You know what? Give me. Give me Jordan Alvarez. I already kind of said it when I was going. I'm going to say he hits one out tonight. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Give me Winker. I, I like Winker a lot at 3,800. And a stack to score six or more runs. Give me the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to say Sorica goes under, and I'm going to say the Dodgers get over six runs today. So playing both ends of that game, and um, like I like it a lot. It's something that I like uh, quite a bit today. So... On that note, we're, I'm going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Um, you know, Obviously, there's NASCAR content. That's why I'm in a hotel and we're traveling this weekend for the race. So if you want NASCAR content, RotoGrinders.com slash NASCAR. We do have our college football premium up now, RotoGrinders.com slash premium slash CFB. Um, the crew is absolutely loaded for that. So there will be no video today for the podcast because. Obviously, I'm recording this um, on software where I didn't have to use internet. And um, again, hopefully I can upload it. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back to normal on Monday. Again, I apologize. I hope this was helpful. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday.